0: This episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast was recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and say good day to any Torres Strait Islander or Indigenous people who are tuning into our podcast today and acknowledge the lands on which they come from.
1: And then helping people to come back to their values of really starting to ask, well, like, who and what matters most to me? So even during the stressful times on the farm even like you're saying like there's people who have lost thousands of acres um of their crops in the the floods and so even when that happens what is it in your heart that actually really matters most to you
0: today's guest is a psychologist farmer wife and mum but she's also just steph a human being She's passionate about improving the well-being and resilience of rural Australia from the ground up. Steph was bartending in the wool shed. If you've ever been to the bustling metropolis of Adelaide, you probably know what we're talking about there. When she met her now husband, she parked the city life and now is firmly planted on the property she runs alongside her husband where they're raising their kids. It was living through the drought in 2019 that Steph was asked to run a few community sessions on resilience and looking after yourself. She was able to use her expertise as a psychologist, but this became an instigator for her to apply for the Rural Women's Award at the end of 2019. Going through the awards program, she created Act for Ag to bring the proactive measures into the everyday, especially around just how people show up in the world. Today, I was keen to sit down with Steph, understand a little bit about her background, how she's come and transitioned from being city life into farmer, psychologist, mum, small business owner, and everything else that goes with it but as well as how we can create healthier, happier, and more resilient rural communities. Enjoy the chat. Enough to keep you busy between mum, farm life, your own little business as well. How do you fit it all in?
1: I'm not sure sometimes, to be honest, but I think it's been, it has really been a journey in recognising that I actually can't do it all, all the time. Um, And so for me this year, it's quite funny, like I made this decision at the start of the year that The farm and the family has to be my main priority. And then almost at the same time, my business has probably grown more, but I've let let go of a lot of things. So I probably do more one-off speaking or seminars during the quieter time, if there is ever a quieter time on farm, rather than trying to have something that I'm doing every week um but there's still still a lot we have childcare in school which gives me a couple of days a week to myself as well but it yeah disappears into the farm book work and then it's, you sit down at the computer for two minutes and then you get the phone call saying the rain's coming can you come and help get the sheep in the shed for shearing or um yeah things are always happening
0: and so how long have you and your husband been farming for in across your two properties
1: yeah so my husband's always been on the land, but his family were kind of, I guess, much small farmers. His dad mainly did shearing. So he, my husband, um, started building up his own farm with his brother when they were younger. I came along 16 years ago or so when I was 19, um, but I was a complete city girl. I had no connection to to country life at all. Um, But I was working at a pub in... Adelaide called The Wall Shed. So most, um, (laughs) most country people in South Australia have probably been there. And there's a fair few, there used to be a fair few footy trips from interstate come across. I think there's a fair few people that have been there. And yeah, it was one night working there, working there that I met my husband. So um, life changed just a little. And um, yeah, so it's basically been since then him and his brother separated their partnership around that time because his brother got married and so we've really built up our farm since then and bought and sold and leased, share farmed our way across and now yeah we've we had bought bought a couple of farms and then our main home farm we'd leased for 10 years and then bought that beginning of 2018 and the same week signed a contract and bought a farm yeah two hours away in the Mallee as well in both of them were February 2018 and then um yeah, the drought hit, and it was a very interesting couple of years.
0: I bet. I'm going to hit pause on that. I want to talk about this transition, city girl from bartending in the woolshed, and and you move out. Was how was that transition for you?
1: It was interesting. I think, like, because when I finished uni, uh, finished school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was initially studying international studies, and because it was easier to say, oh, I'm just going to go overseas and work. Um, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do and then I met this farmer and went okay international studies doesn't really fit anymore so chopped and changed my way around and found psychology which I yeah absolutely love and I think I've always would have found my place in it as well and in terms of life on the land like I don't think I could go back now I sometimes have the conversation with my husband he's like oh if I wasn't around would you go back to the city (laughs) oh god no I don't want neighbours and um people yeah I I, even I go down to Adelaide and I think a bit overwhelmed by the amount of people and that's not really a big city so yeah the the space and even actually just getting out there and being in the sheep yards or I've had a couple of turns of driving a tractor and header like I I actually love the hands-on part of farming life as well
0: and is it kind of a bit of a beauty these days having your own business but also the farm side that you can jump in and out when maybe some of the better more fun jobs are doing and then you're like actually I've just got these calls I've got this bloody bloke he's been pestering me about this podcast I can't do <laughs> the, the sheet work this morning
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely I think it is we're, we're finding the way of making it work like part of me wants to do a lot more of my own business because it's yeah it does I guess light me up and it. I can see the value for other people but it's also going I don't have time for everything but yeah definitely I think still having that thing for for me um, amongst all of the farm stuff but in saying that like I know I'm, I'm probably in my last month or so of having time for my business and then basically from November it's like the the order replies set on the email and I really have to go, no, I'm not I'm not on. Um, I'm not available through harvest. The
0: the joys of it and the pressure that comes with it. How did you go building your psychology career from being out on the farm?
1: So, I, um, when I was doing my master's in psychology, one of the components is doing a placement. So, I first off did a placement um, with an organisation in Clare and then I was really lucky basically when I was finishing off my master's the my supervisor was going on maternity leave. So, I went straight into into a job after master's and I worked there. The organisation had a couple of name changes but I was in the same role of basically providing clinical services and therapy to everyone, kids, adults, um, and everyone in between. And I've worked I worked there through from 2012 to, must have been about 2017 when I went on maternity leave with my second child. Oh, no, I went back. Anyway, the, the details don't matter. Um, but worked there full-time until I had my kids and then I was working there part-time and... I look back and it's probably yeah worked out really well originally because our farm was quite was a bit smaller then still not tiny but yeah when I was working farm t- full time I wasn't that needed on the farm I still did the bookwork and all of that um, and then yeah now that we've got three kids we kind of decided okay I can't I can't go back to that paid kind of structured work where I have to turn up two days a week because we'd been in the drought a couple of years and I had the knowledge as a psychologist, but I also was living in drought and knew those pressures of what we were facing. I was asked to do just a couple of community presentations around like resilience and looking after yourself and that managing farm stress. And I, I did a couple, well, oh, maybe there's something more to this. So that was really the, the seed of my idea, which I then applied for the Rural Women's Award at the end of 2019. Um, and my my project for that was to develop Act for Ag, which is all about bringing those psychological skills, but not for the crisis end. So just kind of going, these are tools that we all need every day, whether we're in the good times or the bad times, but really around being more flexible. So being able to adapt to the challenges that all of those uncontrollables and all the uncertainties but be a bit more flexible in how we show up and and ultimately it's all about values and making choices to move us towards what matters most to us even during those tough times so that was kind of my seed um, for the rural women's award when i won it i was also pregnant with our third child then basically a couple of days after the award was announced, the award was announced like March 2020, and we all know what happened kind of soon after that, and everything changed very quickly with COVID. So I was quite lucky that I almost got forced to put a lot of my things online, which now has made it accessible. Originally my idea was just to run workshops in South Australia, but now I've gone, okay. All of this can be available to anyone across Australia um, and also just developing resources that people can access, not necessarily through workshops as well, because I've realised that for farmers, some people are available at lunchtime, some people are available in the evenings, like there's no set time when we're <laughs> available to do things. so. The, the ongoing work has been how to make these things accessible and get it out to, the, um, to people who need it.
0: In terms of the community piece and like in the in the thick of the drought, you're running these community workshops. Like how how do you actually approach it when things are in crisis? Like are you literally just trying to equip people with the skills to get by and manage the day-to-day or are you trying to help build that longer-term resilience when you're in crisis mode?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's, it's really important that we're not trying to do too much during that crisis time and I think yeah, that's why I often get, I guess, a bit frustrated that it is during the the crisis, during the bushfire, or during the drought or the floods that there's lots of projects run out to kind of equip people with these tools. And I'm like, now's probably not the best time to be doing this because when we're when we're in crisis mode, really, what we need is social supports around us and just the simplest, the simplest things um, of keeping our feet on the ground really and just keeping on going day to day Um, but for me a lot of the the work is often around normalizing the experiences so going like this is what the signs of stress are and if you're experiencing this it's not because there's something wrong with you it's because this is the situation you're in as well um but then from that i think that there are really small steps that we can all put in place, whether it is during crisis time or whether it is during just kind of the every day to start to, to build that up.
0: And like, cause it, it's the, it's, we see like off the back of the drought, we're seeing um, these, I guess, resilient, resilient community, resilient, like they were calling them drought initiatives. And then that got changed. But How, how do we shift this piece? Cause it's so easy. Like when you go from crisis mode into kind of the, recovery and everything that then when times turn around that people kind of yeah nearly lack become lax and that i feel like yeah. and maybe this is just my assumption but i feel like yeah the questions of like are, how prepared are we actually for the next drought and have we changed things and have we actually shifted our thinking because we've had three kind of consecutive good seasons we're closer to the next drought than what, what we were kind of yesterday like how do we get people to really engage in these times?
1: Yeah, and I think, yeah, I have this love-hate relationship with resilience because, I don't know, it's, it's the word that's used so you kind of have to use it, but I get a bit sick of, yeah, everyone talks all the time about rural people are resilient and we pick ourselves up, but it's kind of like, okay, we don't always and that's okay. Um, but also, yeah, to shift away from that we're doing this just to get through the drought or to to get through the next time. I think it's going like there are always going to be stresses. There is always going to be uncertainty. Like, yeah, we've seen it's kind of been this flow on of drought, bushfire, floods, drought, COVID. Like it doesn't really stop. And mm. I look on the farm and go, for us, even like the busier times are potentially more stressful than drought or those other times because like this is the first year where we've actually got a decent crop um to reap in the last five years and I'm like oh my god I have to prepare myself for harvest again um so I think sorry rewind back to your question it's it's going like these are tools almost that we just need to be human beings like we just need to prioritize looking after ourselves in the same way we prioritize looking after our machinery we don't just address the breakdown after it occurs it's going like okay what are the maintenance things that we can do what are the things that we can do to improve it and um I guess we can't do a complete upgrade on ourselves but going like what what can we do in the better times to to help set ourselves up um to get through those more stressful times
0: yeah 100 and I think it is it's like well in your work I love we use the the word like well-being and it's like that's just, it's the that's the constant of everything and then you can do all your different activities and things off of it. But that sense of well-being is what you're kind of chasing. Um, I I want to ask you about the rural women's award. You you mentioned that was kind of a real um, starting point for act for ag. And I think everything's just going to mesh very nicely into this and we'll look like we're really good um, professionals at having these chats, but (laughs) you you won the the 2020 South Australia rural women's award. And from that, as you said, 2020, turn into a year which was incredibly challenging so what was that award and and the process like for you
1: we definitely had a a very interesting year in that because of covid for our cohort it got extended into 2021 as well which worked out fairly beneficial because we kind of wore the wore the crown as you say for for that time and it was a platform that one there was the the bursary that gave me I guess some a little bit of seed funding to to do a bit more training, but also just some money in the bank so that I could develop the printed toolkits and um, website and just all of those, I don't know, all of those things that you kind of need to, to get started. But then it was the connections as well. So through the program, build the connections with the the other amazing women in the the other amazing state winners um, but we did other training, so, like, there's a three-day summit, which was a lot around leadership and speaking skills and media, um, just kind of for something that once you you are going to be in the public eye, learning those skills to help kind of do it better, even though I'm not doing a very good example of that now. Um, And then the connection, I think, to the alumni. So all of the women that have either been a finalist in the past, both at the state level and the national level, um, or winners become part of the alumni network. And I think that, for me, is probably one of the most valuable parts of it. So you're kind of part of this community of women. Um, I know for the South Australian ones, we have lunches at times. But it's also a place where you can pop up a question and say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Can anyone recommend someone I could talk to? Or people will jump on board and, and kind of get supports. And I think then just the platform itself for being able to make connections um, and probably the the last part of it, which has been the biggest development for me, is that I now do like my, my workshops through Act Frag, but I've also started doing a few more kind of guest speaking um, roles as well around sharing my story and share sharing my journey as well and i think as much as i love doing my workshops um and giving people those tools i think through sharing our story that's such a powerful way of learning as well so that's probably been a a platform that's really helped me um kind of get to that point as
0: well and i love that you use the word they're sharing because i feel there's a part of to me sharing is you're opening it up for others to engage and to be, become part of that story as well. When you start, when we use the word tell, like telling is you're you're talking at someone. And I I think sharing is a huge part, particularly in our own stories and and allowing people to then come and actually be part of that journey with us. Every every everyone who enters the Rural Women's Award either has a project or yeah something. Um, up and running or will have one kind of going in the very foreseeable future. So what was it like just the other women that you were working with and being able to bounce those kind of early stage ideas off and and support each other uh, during that time?
1: Yeah, I have to say I still kind of get a bit of a mix of imposter syndrome and inspiration from, like, all of the the other women, like, look and you go, oh, they're doing all of that. But it was also a lot of kind of remembering, okay, we are all at our different points in the journey. And, um, yeah, just being able to see, like, it might be, uh, I think, like, Cressida Keynes, who uh, does a lot of work with dairy stuff, like when we were going through, she formed hers into a different form of business. So it was just being able to look and go, oh, people adapting to that way, maybe I could do something different. Or, yeah, so it kind of comes back to that sharing. It was that sharing to to learn from each other.
0: And in terms of the the starting of the business, how, how different is Act for Ag today than what it was back at the beginnings of 2020?
1: It's interesting because I um, I looked back at my application from 2019, so literally like three years ago, and I hadn't looked at it for all that time, and I went, actually, pretty much what I'm doing now is what I set out to do, and I thought I'd gone off on a whole heap of detours and gone off track and various things, but it's, it's kind of the core of it has stayed the same, which has been around promoting tools for well-being and mental health on social. So I do a lot of stuff on social media, but then also developing the tools and delivering things both online and in person. So that framework of it has actually stayed the same. One of the things that I have recently done this year, which probably wasn't originally part of my plan, but is developing an online community. um, So which is just for rural women who are navigating that juggle of farm family and life and so that's the the navigate for her community which is a little bit of a branch off from act for ag but what i found is i'd go and i'd run a workshop or do things and people go they want more of the the connection side of things so that's been exciting to start that and actually probably the the printed toolkit which i developed initially my idea was to do an app and then i went actually Everyone's a bit sick of the, the thousand and one app. So I've got literally like a little handbook and a notepad, um, which w- walks through really just a perfect pers- uh, walk through a perspective taking exercise to help look at kind of the challenges that are coming up. What's some of that stuff that we do when we're hooked in stressful situations? Um, so it's a really helpful way of like pulling out and looking at okay, I might be kind of drinking more beer than I might usually, or I might be zoning out on social media, and then looking at okay, what do I really want to be doing and what would I, how would I ideally like to be showing up in the world? So it's it's a tool to kind of put that into place. And I think I just went, we don't need another app on our phone, like we just need something concrete to sit on the kitchen table Um, and so that's that was something that developed which wasn't part of the initial plans.
0: And do you model it off uh, like another business or another organisation or other ideas that you're seeing?
1: Yeah so the whole approach of Act for Ag is based on acceptance and commitment training so the, the skills and the tools aren't things that I've made up it's got like 40 years or so of research by thousands of psychologists um, across the world but I guess what I've done is taken lots of the the tools and aggrifies them whatever it might be just kind of given a a bit of a farming twist so like for example we talk about unhooking or sorting out our thoughts and kind of choosing to keep what's helpful or what's not helpful and I often talk about this as the example of um when you're classing wool so when at shearing time I'm usually the one kind of as well as doing the meals doing the the classing and so we get prickles in our sheep whether we like it or not and so classing isn't always the most pleasant job to do but we still have to go through and we pull off the shitty bits and we pull off the things that we don't necessarily want so we can keep the fleece wool there and it's the same with the thoughts in our minds so we don't always get just good thoughts that we want to have we're still going to get the uncomfortable thoughts and we're still going to have get the um uncomfortable feelings show up but we can kind of pull them aside and we can't get rid of them but we can kind of choose just to put them aside because they're not serving us at that time
0: hi i'm pia horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and i'm here to share our latest insights on australia's vegetable market Did you know, in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported. Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade, or reach out to me via the Rabo Bank Australia social media channels to learn more. If you uh, had a magic wand and could just have the impact f- through Act Frag do one thing, what would it be?
1: I would love, like, as simple as it is, just my handbook, to be sitting on the kitchen tables across every farm in rural Australia and for people to just get to watch the the bite-sized videos and then start to put in, in place one to two of the little steps. So knowing like even as simple as for every farmer to know that we actually don't have to believe everything our thoughts are telling us. Like our thoughts are just stories. We don't have to get hooked in by them. We can choose to unhook from them so to just be able to get that reach out to farming men men and women across Australia would be amazing.
0: Was there like a, a specific event or something that has really shaped you into yeah going down this path?
1: I think for me like it's probably been a series of my own personal journey as well so as well as the like just normal challenges of farming life. I did also have postnatal depression after my first first son was born. And then I actually, just to show that when none of us are immune to it, had it after my third son. So while I was going through the whole AgriFutures um, award process as well. And it's that ongoing reminder that like as much as you know all of this stuff, as much as kind of I know all the things that I should be doing, it's not it's not about knowing it, it's about we actually have to put these things in place. And I think seeing the impact um, and the stresses that my husband's faced at times as well, and the challenges that he's gone through. And what I realize is that like when we actually come together as a team, when we both look after ourselves individually, um our relationship and our family is better for it, but our farm's actually better for it as well. So if we just pour all of our energy into making our farm successful, then that's, it's just not going to work. It's going to deteriorate and, and fall apart. But being able to really prioritise looking after ourselves, but it is an, it's an ongoing choice that we have to make. And I get off track so often in making that choice. And so then it's remembering, okay, hang on, what's the simplest thing I can do to start putting myself in the picture again?
0: On that point, and and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but in terms of you mentioned there around your your postnatal depression in the thick of the 2020 Rural Women's Award, like you, you're going through your own challenge while trying to create something to help others as well. So like, how do you actually, how, how do you physically and emotionally and mentally balance that?
1: Yeah, and it's something I, I go up and down with. Like I get to points of going, oh, maybe I just put it all aside and focus just on me and the farm. Um, but then I realise that actually doing the work in Act for Ag is part of my own wellbeing, but it's finding a balance of that as well. Um, so for me it's definitely about making it as simple as possible and so like just Really little things of remembering to drink water through the day, or um, something I like to do, which isn't for everyone, but is just like journaling or noting down a couple of things at the end of the day that I'm grateful for, and something that I'm trying very hard to get back on track with because I've realised it's a big part that's fallen away is just doing some exercise. So even like this morning before our chat. Um, my husband had taken the boys and the house is an absolute mess because we've gotten back from being at our other farm for a week and i've got bags everywhere and i just i kind of my mind's telling me no, you should be doing this you need to get unpacking done and do all of that i was like no like, i just go out and go for a walk or went up and checked a rainwater tank uh, checked a, a tank that luckily the pipe wasn't actually running into it anymore from the bore. so it was probably lucky that i checked it um But, yeah, it really is. And I think recognising that there's never this point of perfect balance, that it's not that we reach a point where things are just, yeah, balancing, it's this flow. And I'm probably starting to get better at showing up to myself warts and all and realising that there are still some really tough times um, and times where I'm not doing so well, but then part of that is the good times. And we kind of, we can't have one without the other, that feeling... Feeling worried or frustrated or disappointed or angry, all of those feelings are actually normal and okay as well. but it's when we get really stuck in them and hooked by them that that's when things can um, yeah fall apart I guess
0: you've You've prompted me on a question which um, so for every guest that comes on we get them to come up with a question for a future guest. but I kind of really like what you're talking to there because in your life you've got farm, your own business children um community there's a whole range of things um and and you started to talk about like your own simple things like walking but what do you do outside of your day job that actually benefits you in your day-to-day role and you can define your day-to-day role as however you like as part of this I guess
1: (laughs) yeah um and that's a really good question as well because that's but the thing I do realize that sometimes I get so sort of hooked in doing everything, I forget just to do something for fun. So um, I don't know, sound like an old nana now. I um I love reading and so often I end up just like reading, learning like more professional development books, but I've actually just remembered to start getting fiction books so I can just tune out from things. And then um here's the nana moment. I'd like to crochet as well. Um <laughs> I started our local um, CWA branch in 2018 and um, it's really great. That's kind of kept on going and it's just an excuse once a month to get out and connect with other, yeah, with friends and we just have a chat. We don't actually just crochet and make scones, but (laughs) its I don't know. It's just something that keeps my hands and my mind busy because I have this brain that just doesn't really stop otherwise.
0: Yeah, I know. Exactly. How how you feel and what that feels like. I think it's so easy to get bogged down into your yeah and live in this bubble of constantly doing or well, doing or thinking about what it is that you do like day to day, and it's so important to kind of get away. Um, I want to shift to talk about kind of how we we, we touched on it a little bit, but in terms of creating getting the ag industry to be more, I'll say mentally healthy and like for us, I like to think of. Our slogan is kind of, yeah, we, we obviously celebrate people and their stories, but it's how do we create happier, healthier people, happier, healthier animals, ha- happier, healthier environment through ag. But let's focus on the people side. So how how do we, and, and what's it going to take to see rural Australia and people involved in agriculture? Because the stats are well and truly against us and actually the rates of suicide are going north rather than coming down. And a, a stat which I saw which was just alarming was that for every I'll say successful, but for every, yeah, successful suicide, there's actually 30 attempts that kind of sit behind that. And you look at the rates of suicide in rural Australia and it's alarming. How do we create happier, healthier people in agriculture and rural Australia?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it like, there has been, there's been so much research over the years into the challenges of farming life and all of the um, challenges of living rurally. And like we, we know it we know that we don't have access to services we know that our life is full of unpredictability and uncertainty and there's all these stresses on us but it's actually going okay yeah like what can we do to to build that health and well-being and I think it's for me that's where like so in Act for Ag the core the foundation of what we do is around psychological flexibility and it's a really it's a really jargony way I guess but it's about being flexible on the inside and out. So one of the benefits of COVID was that there's a heap of research and psychological flexibility has been found to be almost like a core component to our mental health and wellbeing, and particularly an incredibly helpful way of managing uncertainty and stress. And what I like about it is that it's a set of skills. It's not something that we have innately or something that we have because of having community around us. They're skills that can be learned. And so it's, in a nutshell, it's about being present and open in this moment right now as well as being able to be aware and notice our thoughts and feelings as they show up, but then being able to be active and move towards what matters matters most to us without getting hooked by those thoughts and feelings and so i think it's about kind of equipping people and, and showing that it can be doable to practice those skills so a lot of us have heard of mindfulness and people think oh well i have to do 20 minutes a day of sitting in a lotus position under a palm tree to practice mindfulness um but that's actually not the case like mindfulness is just about noticing and being aware in the present moment as it is so you can actually drive a tractor mindfully like you can just or you can drive do the the school pick up and drop off um, with mindfulness like it's it's not about being mindful and like peaceful and in tune all the time but it's choosing to be mindful in those moments that matter so I think like it's when you get when you notice yourself kind of getting caught in that whirlwind of thoughts and particularly if they are those unhelpful thoughts around like how are we going to here we go again, the farm's falling to pieces or what are we going to do? We've lost all this money. When you're getting hooked in all of that, it's about kind of coming back to the present as simple as just noticing your feet on the ground or noticing your breathing. Um, I've started even just practising it when I get into bed at night or before I wake up in the morning of just like going through and noticing my toes, noticing my feet, noticing my legs. Like it kind of, it doesn't have to be complicated, but just starting to get those skills out there and then understand that we're not our thoughts and we're not our feelings. Like they they are signposts, they are um, information, I guess, that our mind is giving us, but we can choose whether or not we're going to listen to that. Um, and then helping people to come back to their values of really starting to ask, well, like who and what matters most to me? So even during the stressful times on the farm, even like you're saying, like there's people who have lost thousands of acres um of their crops in the, the floods. And so even when that happens, what is it in your heart that actually really matters most to you? Um and so something I often would love like getting this message out, particularly I think for farmers, is that you're not your farm. Um, no matter what happens on your farm, you're you're still separate to that um, and helping people to find those ways of like, yeah, whether it's still being able to go to footy or just if you can't do footy training, get outside and kick the footy with your kids for 10 minutes or finding those ways of just kind of unhooking a little bit from the pressures. Um, yeah, I think I've got a bit of a crack,
0: but No, but I, and I love that because you've, well, you, you've sparked a thing um, which I think we started to see. become kind of uh, not on trend but we started to see it come actually into the mainstream this year and that was the the work of Ben Crow and I think there's a huge opportunity in agriculture for this in terms of separating like well Ben's work is separating the like human doing from the human being and he worked with Ash Barty and Dylan Alcott and I think you can see it in terms of Ash like walking away from tennis and what she does or did was play tennis but then there was this multifaceted piece of what makes ash who she is and then the same as dylan alcott like i think in in his australia day um speech he talked about yeah who dylan is as the person and like yeah he's done these great things on the court and in sport but actually yeah what makes him tick and what matters to him isn't about being dylan alcott the tennis player it's dylan Allcott, like the friend and the partner and etc a question for you like what is it that matters to you
1: Mm, Yeah. Um, For me, like the people that matter most are, well, I I have to actually remember to, to flip the order around of putting like myself in there and then my husband and my kids. And I kind of purposely have changed it to being my husband first and then my kids, because we have to have our relationship strong to flow on for the kids as well. But when it comes to my, like my values and how I want to show up, it often comes back to just, I don't know authenticity has become a bit of a buzzword but just i don't know showing up as who i am um, and one of the the values for me as well is being supportive so that's one that i often I forget is a value during times like harvest and things so I get that phone call going oh can you come and help shift machinery and I'm like I've just got the kids in bed and no um, but then it's like kind of drawing back and going okay if supportive is something that's actually really important to me then how can that show up and then that is things like going right let's just chuck our tea and lunch boxes and everyone get in the ute in their pajamas and we'll go and shift the shift the field bin or um bringing that flexibility back in there as well
0: I've got I've got a few uh questions I want to finish on for you there's a couple which I ask everyone that comes on but firstly I think Real Women's Award um ha- why why should someone apply for it
1: yeah I think like it it honestly really has changed the trajectory of where I was heading and yes I may have reached this point eventually but it's probably really helped me fast track and develop act for Ag, create the networks and those connections so that I can get it out there into the world um and it's just it's one of those awards that people know about it and there is so much respect behind it but there is so much value in it from within as well so just the community that you get from other women so yeah I would give Every every woman out there a kind of not even just a tap on the back, a bit of a shove from behind to get their application in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> go and get it done. I ask everyone this. And and you've had an incredible kind of life so far and all these different experiences that have shaped you. If you get the chance to go and chat to year 10 students about a career in agriculture, why should they consider it?
1: which is a really interesting question because year 10 me had no (laughs) idea about a career in agriculture. I think it's just, it's a career that it doesn't have to be um, like, you don't just have to be a farmer or you can have, it's so multifaceted as well. So I look and I think, I've definitely got a career in agriculture, one through being a farmer, but also um, through working with farmers. And I think just the the diversity in what you're doing um, as well as there's so much scope for innovation and learning on the job and kind of creating a life to fit around what, what you want to be doing as well. Um, it doesn't have to be a, I don't know, a cookie cutter approach to life.
0: And one other question you get to an- answer it with a question. What's the question that you'd like me to ask a future guest?
1: Cool. I just love to kind of check in with people on, and I think you kind of did ask me this as well, but what are those things that you do day-to-day to look after your well wellbeing um, and just the the simplest things that you're doing? I like that.
0: Well, Steph, thank you so much for coming on and spending a part of your morning, having a chat with me. I've really enjoyed it, I think. Yeah, your work is awesome and we'll make sure there's links that people can go and check out at FRAG and particularly I think some of the messages that you're saying there around people looking out for themselves and each other. Um, We know in this game of agriculture and especially the farming side of it, it can be unpredictable and can kick you when you're down and catch you off guard, but there is support um, and ways to get help out there and um, your work that you're doing in being proactive and and making sure that people are equipped to address it is amazing. So thank you for coming for a chat.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Well, if you're feeling inspired now after listening to Steph's story, anything is possible. If you've got an idea, apply for the Rural Women's Acceleration Grants before next Wednesday, or if you've got an ongoing project, business, or program, make sure you apply for the Rural Women's Award. (laughs) We've got all the links in our show notes. Jump over to our website. We've got a little bit more on it there, but the best spot where you can find anything you want about it is agrifutures.com.au forward slash RWA. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane, and if you haven't, jump over to social media, humans of agriculture with an underscore, and check out what we're up to. See ya.